global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. Stocks are trading lower, 13 minutes to go ahead of the close. Earnings continue to set the tone for global equity markets. S&P 500 index off its session low, down eight points now at 2164, a drop of four tenths of one percent. NASDAQ down 17, a drop of three tenths of one percent. Dow Industrials down 81 points, a drop of four tenths of one percent. Tenure up five thirty seconds, yield 1.56 percent. Gold up 1320 the ounce, advancing one percent to 1332. And crude oil, West Texas Intermediate down two and a half percent, dropping a dollar sixteen a barrel to 44.59. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business. Flash. Thank you, Charlie Pellet. It's time now for the ETF report. It's brought to you by National Realty, providers of 100% satisfaction guaranteed New York City Realty Investments. See them at nria.net. Let's go to Catherine Cowdery for our exchange-traded funds report. Emerging markets ETFs are staging a comeback this month as investors buy into them at the fastest pace in more than two years. Here's Bloomberg Intelligence Analyst Eric Beltunas. One of the products that's uh, right up there and flows um, and beating them all is the Emerging Markets Bond ETF, uh, EMB from iShares. It's basically up to $8 billion uh, in assets. It's quietly becoming a monster in the space. EMB has gained 12.5% since the start of the year and has a 12-month dividend yield of 4.7%. It's got the volatility that's one-third of the equity side. So you're talking about really great risk-adjusted returns. So as you'd expect, investors are rushing into it. And uh, the one thing investors need to know about um, this one is, A, it's in U.S. debt, so there's no currency risk. But it's about 25% high yield. And it's got a duration of seven years, so there's a little more interest rate risk than you might be used to in, like, a aggregate bond ETF. EMB is the largest emerging market bond ETF. It provides access to the sovereign debt of more than 30 emerging market countries with an expense ratio of 40 basis points. That's your Bloomberg ETF report. I'm Catherine Cowdery. You're listening to Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. So far this year, the S&P 500 is up a little bit more than 5.5%. But it has been 13 months since the S&P 500 broke new records. Hillary Kramer, President, Chief Investment Officer, A&G Capital Group, joins us now to tell us more about investments. Hillary, thank you very much for spending time and coming in. Um, what is it that makes you feel like this is a repeat of 1987-1989. What what makes you feel it where you know deja vu all over again? Well, it's deja vu in terms of the movement of the market. The reasons are completely different. This is the first time that we really are seeing a Fed-driven um, central bank policy market that's that's just on fire that's that's flying high and i think this is going to end really badly ultimately but for all those investors staying on the sidelines just keep in mind we can stay moving upwards for months like this absolutely for months the only thing that's going to throw a wrench into this bull market is if the fed realizes and gets a little hawkish and they start realizing that they need to tighten up rates because they have no excuse not to anymore right they look at look at every employment report as an excuse to say, oh, we got to, you know, or, or maybe even foreign currency. They have no reason to do that anymore. And then, of course, we have issues like Brexit or China. But otherwise, if there's no big black swan event, everyone should enjoy this party because it's going to stay strong. 
All right, so it's going to stay strong. So what are some of the industry groups that you recommend people getting into? I mean, for example, you write, tech is coming back and healthcare is rebounding. Yeah, they sure are. Some of the biotechs are looking a lot stronger now. You know, most of those companies were really knocked out because hedge funds unwound. You know, when, when in June, we had some real blow-ups that took place. So it wasn't really necessarily anything fundamental there. I do look also in terms of capitalization. I love some of these, what are now called small caps, but in my mind, because I'm old school, they're still mid caps. Companies like Olin, Domtar. So, um, Domtar the paper. Domtar uh, is a paper company. Yes. It's over a hundred years old, a 2.2 billion market cap. And, you know, you get a really strong dividend yield here, 4.7%. And they're also in consumer products as well, absorbency. Uh, so paper products. This is a company that's going to be consolidated as the rest of the paper industry starts to consolidate. A company like Olin, Winchester Ammunition, um, OLN, dividend yield of 3.1%, only a $4.4 billion market cap. Again, a company that's over 100 years old. There's something to be said for this. At the same time, look, you could also ride, you know, you could ride, you could, you could ride the roller coaster upwards before you head down and, and jump on Facebook, Amazon. They're going to go higher next week when they when they report earnings. You know, a company like Twitter, we're not so sure about. You know, a lot of people who've loaded into Twitter thinking that they're going to get acquired and then keep uh, averaging down as they buy into that. Um, Apple's one, I think, to be careful of. But companies like Amazon and Facebook, even though they trade like growth companies and they have $300 billion market caps plus, uh, they could certainly go higher. Uh, companies like McDonald's that's reporting next week, MCD, again, you know, it's all about yield. Everyone's chasing yield. Uh, but is that necessarily a good thing? Well, that's the problem. We're all. I mean, yield is really just a function of the price, right? I mean, you, the payout can be the same, and if the stock price goes <laughs> down, it's going to look like the company's going gangbusters in terms of yield. In but terms- all you've really done is lost a percentage of your capital. Right, and that and that could be the scenario that we start to see, which is why everyone gets scared. And when we screen for companies and dividend yield, anytime we see a dividend yield above. Seven percent. You know, we run <laughs> because. Well, you uh, want to know that the company has the money in order exactly, to cover the dividend. Right, right. We know that there's going to be a cut coming soon, uh, but the dividend yield scenario is such that every institutional and individual investor is forced into equities. It's become the bond equivalent. It's become the replacement for having CDs, uh, for being able to get some kind of yield on cash. And that's why this ends badly. But for right now, there's a lot of cash still on the sidelines. I still look at the percentages. A lot of the managed funds have more than 3% cash, which is, you know, pretty, pretty high in terms of historical averages. That money can certainly be deployed. And, um, and there's room in the market to make money. You know, watch, watch the, Watch the industrials. I mean, psychologically, as I said, Amazon and Facebook, those are really big. Those are really important, should go higher. The market as a whole, you know, is looking for those. But, you know, take a look also and see what happens tomorrow with Honeywell. You know, next week with 3M. You know, we already have Illinois Toolworks behind us. Everyone should keep in mind, though, Illinois Toolworks, we all think they had a great earnings. Yeah, they had great earnings, but actual organic growth was only 1% to 2%. So keep an eye and see 
GE, of course, General Electric, you know, which is coming tomorrow, um, United, United Technologies. These are very important proxies for the market, and it's an important message that we're looking for because economic growth um, is there, but it's still paltry. So pay attention. Does this underscore the issue that this is a market in which companies have been very challenged in growing their revenue, but profits have increased for a variety of reasons, whether it's increased productivity, lower head count, or indeed just buying back the shares and making the numbers look great. Oh, Pim, I think when you talk about that, like lots of companies scream out in my mind, but Goldman Sachs would be an excellent example where the earnings, I mean, sure, the stock didn't do well when they, when Goldman Sachs reported, but if you look at the revenues of Goldman Sachs versus the earnings, I mean, it's really pathetic. Now, it's still one of my favorite companies, and I'd still put, you know, if I had to choose one company to invest in and only one that I was allowed to put all my money in, I'd still run into Goldman Sachs, you know, especially at $160. But be careful there. Take a look at what the numbers really mean. You look at something like fixed income trading at Goldman Sachs, which revenue-wise, fixed income, the bond trading used to do about $6 billion in the first half of 2010. You're talking about less than $2 billion in the first half of 2016. Goldman Sachs has made the numbers by really tightening up on the expense side. Well, you looked at the revenue, as you just indicated, Goldman Sachs revenue for fiscal 2015, uh, $33.5 billion. That's down from more than $34 billion, uh, the previous year. Uh, tell me a little bit about Amazon, because uh, this is a stock that uh, you know has a lot of cheerleaders, but also has people scratching their heads thinking, how does this company continue to grow, and yet its bottom line is always being reinvested into new technologies and new ways to make money? Well, I've always been positive, optimistic, and very impressed with Amazon of all the tech, of all the tech internet-based companies. The reason that Amazon continues to do well is because they have made that investment. There were years when everyone thought Amazon was making a mistake investing in warehouses and building these large, these large warehouses on scale, but it's really paying off. And if you think about it, um, Amazon really owns retail online. I mean, they really own it, and Amazon Prime has taken off, and now what Amazon has with, with media and entering that that realm, I think that Amazon deserves to be where it is regardless of um, the inflated multiples there. Well, the stock of uh, Amazon, I believe, is up about 10% so far this year. Compare that, I was just looking at J.P. Morgan up, uh, rather down, about 3.5%. But you know that Amazon has 230,000 employees, and J.P. Morgan has just 240,000. So they are both, you know, behemoth uh, in their uh, in their field. Last point to you. What what should people really be worried about what the Federal Reserve is going to do? Give about 10 seconds. Yes. Pim, it really does matter. It can really hurt the market, but it'll help financial stocks. All right. Buy those banks. Buy those banks. As you said, uh, be careful, though. Be careful. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. Hillary Kramer, always a pleasure. President, Chief Investment Officer, A&G Capital Group. This is Taking Stock. I'm Pim Fox. Coming up next, the closing bell on Wall Street. And this is Bloomberg. Bloomberg.